You're listening to the Big Reviewski on Joe with Chicago Town. Pizza? Yeah, we go to town on it. Hello and welcome to the Big Reviewski with Chicago Town Pizza. My name's Owen, there's Rory, and today's show is brought to you by the letter M. We've got murder, mystery, monsters, there's a monkey in there, and perhaps the scariest thing of all, musicals. Rory, do you know what else we have on the show today? Does it start with an M? It starts with an M if you go, mmm, free pizza. Wow. That's right, everybody. Mmm, free pizza. Thanks to our delicious friends over at Chicago Town Pizza, we've got some free pizza goodies to give away. How many times can I say free pizza during the show? Keep count. All you have to do is head over to the Bigovuski Twitter account to be in with a chance of winning that competition. Now, normally at this stage of the show, we begin with some kind of movie news or movie trivia or something. But this week, Rory told me to go away, to not pay any attention to this section as he had a surprise for me. Surprise, motherfucker. Now, when someone else says they've got a surprise, I get excited. When Rory says he's got a surprise, I get incredibly nervous. Rory, what is my surprise? So, yeah, like calling, uh, like this week, in case you didn't see it on the thumbnail, our big guest is Tom Holland. And one of the big news pieces this week is that Tom Holland's most latest movie in the cinema Spider-Man No Way Home is now officially number six in the all-time global worldwide box office, which is a huge, huge thing for a film in the middle of essentially a pandemic to, you know, to achieve. Uh, so it's knocked down some some all-timers down, down that list. But to celebrate uh, Tom Holland being our guest this week and No Way Home, you know, racking up them books, them tickets. I have a question for you, uh, Mr. Doherty, and it's 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 a timed question. I'm giving you exactly 30 seconds. I'm looking down to my stopwatch to set this. You have 30 seconds to name all three. No, it's not three. To name all five. <laughs> you have 30 seconds, Owen, to name all five of the all-time worldwide box office hits. Uh, go. So we, we've started. Wow. Okay. So it's not all three. It's it's all five. The top five global. Okay. Um, so Spider-Man is in at number six. Mm. Is there another Spider-Man film? No, I can, we can do this. Okay. So no going with the wind. It's none of that inflation. No going with the wind too. Like 10 seconds down. Um, uh, Avatar. James Cameron is definitely in there. Yes. Avatar. Um uh, he also has Titanic. I know that, so he is too. Yes, twenty seconds. Um, I know there's definitely there's definitely Avengers films. Um, the last two Avengers films, uh, Infinity War Five, and four, Endgame, three, and Harry Potter: two, Deathly Hallows Part Two. One. Okay. You got four out of five, which is okay. Four out of five. Four out of five. Well, um, Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows Part Two ranks in at number fourteen. In the all-time charts. <laughs> so, uh, other ones that you, like, within the top 10 that you might not have guessed. Uh, Fast and Furious 7. The Lion King. So, the live-action remake one. Uh, the Avengers. The first one. The, the first Avengers. Jurassic World. Is that number 7? But the one you didn't get. The one at number 4. Star Wars. The Force Awakens. No! No! 
Oh no, I'm, I'm going to have my official Star Wars uh, biggest fan in the world license revoked. And that is a real thing. I'm such a big Star Wars fan. I have one. Star Wars was in there. Oh, that's pathetic. My life is ruined. Okay, well, the rest of the show is going to be me being really grumpy now. Uh, so thanks for that, Rory. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to come up with some random quiz for you next week and see who you like it, all right? Yeah, I'm down. Sounds exciting. It's not. Okay. Now it's time for this week's big screen release and over lockdown everyone has had their comfort films and one of my comfort films primarily because of the children who randomly live in my house (laughs) they are obsessed with Sing which was released god I think about five or six years ago completely passed me by when it was released in the cinema originally but ever since then especially during uh, 2020 I have I've genuinely lost count of the amount of times uh, that I've seen that film. And if I was on Mastermind, not that they would let me anywhere near the show, I think it might be my specialist subject. But this week, I'm incredibly excited um, to take the children who live in my house randomly to the cinema to see Sing 2. But Roy, you've had a sneak peek at this film. Sneak peek as in, you've seen it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the whole thing. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the first one as well. Um, there's something about animated sequels lately where, uh, for some reason or other, they're, they're just not as good, uh, especially when they're not, well, sometimes even when they are Pixar. But for this one, in my opinion, it's as good as the first one. Um, all the famous voices are back, like Matthew McConaughey, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Scarlett Johansson, like big, big names. Um, and they're joined by actual singers this time. So you've got like Halsey and Pharrell Williams and Bono voicing an old line. And I know <clears throat> that might immediately conjure up some kind of physical reaction, like, oh, God, why? Why is Bono in this? Uh, but it, he actually is really good. Um, and there's a scene in this that he shares with Scarlett Johansson's character where they play, a, they do a kind of stripped-back duet of a U2 song. And it's as emotional and as well-created as, you know, Pixar at their peak. So uh, you will laugh, you will cry, you will sing. Uh, uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. I'm already very excited because uh, any emotion I have, you usually have times a million. You're a very emotional <laughs> human being. Um, so I am excited for you to uh, to run that kind of roller coaster when you, when you see it with those kids that apparently you don't know who they are who live in your house. It's very strange. Um, I know I was excited about this film already, but whenever we were texting earlier in the week, and you had said you'd seen it. And I was like, oh, is it? And you texted just a massive capital letters, even bigger than the normal capital letters with lots of exclamation points. And you just said, I cried. And I, there was no way I related that to emotion in any way. I was sure that you'd been involved in some kind of physical altercation on the way into the cinema. Or maybe you'd stubbed your toe or something along those lines. But mm. um, listen, if you were an emotional mess, then I'm going to be have to just like peeled off the floor, uh, essentially. But no, listen. Very excited to see the film, uh, excited about the new additional characters, especially Bono, um, because things just haven't really worked out for him over the years. So the fact that he's got a future as a talking animated line on the horizon, um, then, you know, he's he's due a bit of luck, due a bit of luck. So mm-hmm. happy days. Sing 2 out in cinemas now this week. Playback! Guys, this is the entertainment capital of the world. <laughs> I'll give you three weeks to get this show up and running. 
Johnny, you're going to be working with the number one choreographer in Red Shore City. Yuck! That is rubbish! So bad! Ow! He's freaking me out! Tippitos! Tippitos! I don't see your tippitos! From Moon Knight last week to The Dark Knight this week, it's time for our favourite trailer and... The Batman, like we were treated to a number of different things this week, Rory. We heard that the running time for the film is going to be nearly three hours long. Yeah, yeah, two hours 55, so uh, technically the second longest comic book movie of all time. We also heard that, well, we literally heard the first six minutes of Michael Giacchino's uh, epic, is the word everyone's using, his brand new theme for the Batman, which sounds very Darth Vader-y. Uh, to me, but it's also a brilliant piece of music as well. I think out of all the, the superhero themes that we have had, the Batman seems to have had the most consistently memorable ones. So we've had, you know, even the 1960s one for the TV show, we've had Donny Elfman, we've had the Hans Zimmer one for Christopher Nolan's score. I actually don't remember if there was one for Batman versus Superman. So let's just leave that one out. But now uh, this new one, it does, it's just some, it starts off, it's nice and it's plinky plonky and uh, it's never nice. And then all of a sudden it's like nightmarish and David Fintry. So, yeah, big fun of that. But the clip that we're talking about this week, because we were teased with something earlier in the week, and then that kind of disappeared, and then a brand new international clip was released. So uh, what were these clips about, and uh, any particular favourite bits from them? Right, so earlier this week, uh, a clip started doing the round, and it was it was called The Funeral Clip, um, and it's just over two minutes long, and it had uh, Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne attending the funeral of somebody, we don't quite know who yet. Uh, and he's completely silent throughout the entire scene. And there's lots of uh, supporting characters who pop up. Like we see Jeffrey Wright as uh, Lieutenant, not yet Commissioner, Gordon. Uh, and we see um, Bella Royale, who's a future mayoral candidate in Gotham. And then all chaos. This is just all chaos. Like all hell breaks loose. This is screaming and panic outside. And the car crashes through the front of the church and and Bruce Wayne barely saves this young boy from being run over uh, and then Ed pops Peter Sarsgaard as uh, the attorney general, no, the district attorney for Gotham um, and he has tape around his mouth and he's got a phone tied to his hand and he's got a bomb on his neck and he's got a letter strapped to his chest just, just says to the Batman uh, and that's where that cut out and I sent it to you like I think at midnight or something goes like oh my god Oh, uh, and it, it was just fantastic. But it has since been taken down from the internet and has uh, like DC. They've given us something else. It's not it's not a huge amount, but it's it's enough. And uh, it hammers home still the David Fincher seven Zodiac vibe. I think that this is going for you. Hear a lot of Paul Dano as Edward Nashton, aka the Riddler, um, playing games with. The Batman, and um, we hear Commission. Nope, he's not Commissioner yet. It's so hard to not call him Commissioner Gordon every single time. <sighs> Lieutenant Gordon has figured out that one of uh, the Riddler's targets is Bruce Wayne, which 
could mean that, you know, the Riddler is a genius in the world of DC and uh, Gotham. So it could be that already he's figured out who the actual Batman is. And that's why he's targeting uh, Bruce Wayne. Or it could be something else entirely. And we're just not privy to those plot details yet. But uh, it's out soon. It's barely over a month. It's March 4th. Um, So I am excited that we're this close to it being in the cinema. And we're still not fully sure what the actual plot of the movie is. And I love that. Uh, but considering it is nearly three hours long, um, there's obviously a lot of plot to actually get through. Like it or not, it's Rizzo's game now. I've always loved little puzzles. What are we looking for? More symbols. Jesus, his next victim is Bruce Wayne. It can be cruel, poetic, or blind. But when it's denied, it's your violence you may find. The answer's justice. Roy, you just mentioned Seven there and a David Fincher connection, which reminds me of What's on the Box? So we are finding What's on the Box this week in our home release section. Up first, it's the after party. Yeah, so you and I, uh, we have become huge fans of murder mysteries. And I think uh, in general, when they're done well, like I'm thinking of Knives Out, uh, when they're done particularly well, you know, they, they, the world kind of gloms onto them because they want to figure it out before someone else spoils the ending for them. The after party, two reasons why you and I would be very excited. One is the kind of the all-star comedic cast. So it's headed by Tiffany Haddish, who, you know, I have uh, made very clear my undying uh, love for her and how I want her to be my future wife. Um, she is a detective who's looking into the death of a Justin Bieber-esque celebrity who's played by Dave Franco, uh, who is killed at the after party of a high school reunion. So she keeps everyone together in this massive mansion to figure out who the actual murderer is and why. So uh, some very, very famous, funny people in the mix there. And each one of them sees how the events played out completely differently. But on top of that, it was created and directed by and partly written by Lord and Miller, who are the guys behind the Lego movie and 21 Jump Street and just some of the uh, Spider-Verse, like some of the most inventive movies and, and shows and stuff out there. So yeah, like them being at the middle of a murder mystery with this cast is very exciting. So the first three episodes, I believe, land on Apple TV Plus this weekend, and then the remainder will arrive weekly after that. Pop star, actor, and celebrity humanitarian Xavier was found dead tonight. His body discovered on the cliff during an after party for his high school reunion. This is a murder. What? Any one of you could be the murderer. And I want to hear your story. The same thing could happen, but you see it in a different way. I want to hear your mind moving. Yeah, the thing I love about this is the coming together of Lord and Miller. Uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines as well last year, which was oh, yeah. one of our favorite films of 2021. But also just kind of, it's like they've just cherry-picked some of their favorite comedy actors, as you said, but from really popular shows. People who would normally be in the background, they're like, no, we want you, we want you, we want you to come and be the stars of this. Uh, the other kind of 
vibe I got off this one was only murders in the building um, with this kind of like you know uh, over a series of episodes really dark comedy uh, and just finding uh, you know who the murderer was in a particularly grisly murder now our other one I'm definitely going to mess up the title of this it's a Netflix show Uh, you've probably seen the trailers for it and I'm going to give the title a go but I'm definitely okay so it's the 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 woman the woman in the the woman in the house yes Across the road, across the street, across the road from the woman in the window close. <laughs> on a train. Really close. close. It feels it feels like I'm playing Wordle with the title of this film, and I'm getting some of the stuff in the right place. In other words, you're just incorrect. Mm. Um, but the actual, I'm just going to read the title because that's <laughs> more. Yeah, it's easier. The woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Yeah. Um, so a- again, like this is something that really confused people because. Uh, whenever the first teasers were released, it was like, oh my God, this looks like an amazing uh, kind of dark mystery thriller. But what the hell is up with that title? It's not long enough, clearly. Her glasses of red wine aren't big enough. Um, but uh, like, this is a comedy. And Rory, I know you've you've uh, had a chance to take a look at the series. Uh, like, it is a comedy, isn't it? I Like, it, it is a comedy in, in the way that Scream is a comedy. But Scream is primarily a horror, but it's it's funny and it's it's uh, self referential and it's aware of the genre it's playing in, and that's the same here. Uh, it's it it is a murder mystery thriller that has some very uh, airplane slash like uh, hot shots jokes in it, where it's it can go from one minute to the next, like be so hilarious and aware of exactly what it's making fun of. And then in the next scene, be the best version of, you know, the girl in the train or the woman in the window or gone girl or the flight attendant, all these things that like we've, that has become massively popular lately with these kind of very generic titles of the woman in a place. And she can see a thing like it's, uh, it is very funny, but it also actually has a proper mystery at the center. And, Kirsten Bell, my God, like, I don't know, like between this and The Good Place, she really just has an incredible, (laughs) an incredible agent who's like, this is your lane. You will kill this. And I guarantee you, because all eight episodes are on Netflix this weekend, by Monday, the internet will be flooded with memes and GIFs and reaction GIFs because of her in this. Like this is, it's so the next Catherine Han in WandaVision. Where every single thing she says and does, you're like, "Well, that's that's uh, that's Twitter now. That's Twitter for the next two weeks." Uh, hi, I'm Anna. Hi. The truth is that I drink a lot, and sometimes I mix it with pills. And I'm here because I woke up this morning convinced I'd witnessed a murder. Incredible. So that's my Netflix binge sorted for the weekend. Uh, thank you for that. On a side note, Amy Adams in The Woman in the Window, if that's what that one mm-hmm. is called, like that was atrocious. Awesome. So the fact that this isn't just better than that, but this is actually really excellent uh, is uh, something to look forward to. Our next one is Monster Hunter, starring none other than Mila Jovovich, because to be fair, she does love hunting down monsters and killing the shit out of them. 
She sure does, yeah. Like she's reunited with the Resident Evil director, uh, Paul W. S. Anderson, not to be confused with Paul T. Anderson, who's the on the I guess on the exact opposite end of the scale in terms of being a quality filmmaker. Uh, but it is another adaptation of a hit video game. Very, very loose though. Um she and her team of hits like squad soldiers are magically transported into a parallel universe and when they get over there it's full of monsters so they have to shoot them. Like as plots go, it's not exactly uh the woman in the window across the street from the girl uh in the house or whatever. But it is uh you can't be surprised or disappointed. It's called Monster Hunter. It's Milyovovich with a big gun hunting monsters, so you get what you came for. Oh, and it's on now this weekend. Did you see that thing? Come on! Come back! This is officially above my pay grade. I don't care what those creatures are. We destroy them and close the gateway. And you've probably been wondering why haven't Marvel been talked about in about the last 30 seconds or so. Mm. Don't, don't worry, they've got they've got another brand new show coming. As we said, we did look at the trailer for Moon Knight last week. We were talking about Hawkeye just before Christmas, but now there is a trailer, uh, or not even a trailer, it's, it's actually released now uh, on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it is Marvel's Hit Monkey. Now, this was a comic book I hadn't read, I hadn't heard of it, but it pretty much does exactly what it says on the tin. It's about a killer monkey who goes around assassinating bad assassins. Now, there's more to the story than that because he also has the ghost of another assassin, a human one, mentoring him as well. But I think the way that you're going to have um, make the most sense of this is just check it out. It's only 10 episodes long. It was released in the States just before Christmas. Uh, got good reviews. Obviously, Marvel fans will be looking forward to it. But what it actually reminded me of, Rory, is... Um, that in Marvel cartoons, what if there's good action and stuff in it, but Invincible was way more gory. And I remember mm. us talking about how Marvel wouldn't really get into the gore side of things, but this does seem to be a lot more bloody uh, <laughs> from Marvel on Disney Plus than we are used to. So, uh, yeah, listen, if you love monkeys and you love assassinations, then you're absolutely sorted. And for all the monkey fans out there as well, um, the type of monkey is macaque. It's what? Macaque. Japanese macaque monkey. Yeah, David Attenborough did a whole thing. In the okay, yeah, yeah, he did a whole, yeah, right, a whole documentary yeah. on... Macaque. Okay. You're going to have to kill some evil people that totally deserve to die. Because it's your destiny. Hey, business or pleasure? Oh, that's a great question. When you love what you do. It's such a hard one to answer, really. Now it's time for everybody's favourite part of the show, especially Rory's. It's pizza and a movie. The point where myself and Rory both recommend a movie that you should watch with your Chicago Town pizza this week. Last year, or last week, sorry, I feel quite bad about it. I made a big deal of whoever won was amazing and whoever was going to lose last week's that they were a big dumb, dumb loser. Rory, I had no idea that I was going to win and that you were going to be that dumb, dumb loser. I promise mm. I won't do that this week. But mm. you took a bit of a risk last week because you went for a film you'd never seen before, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. I did, yeah. Um, behind the scenes on the show, uh, there is someone involved in the making of it. They were like, oh my God, one of my top three films of all time. Uh, you're going to have a spectacular time. Like it's, 
It was one of their faves. And I was like, oh, I'm even more hyped now. Uh, and for some reason, it took me days to get around to it because there's something about the title, the poster, the concept where I'm like, I already know this is two plus hours, but I feel like it's kind of just... Bleh. So I, I put it on and I watched it and I was like, that was okay. What a recommendation to give everybody. Here's my okay recommendation. Mm. I, I went for... Um, what did I go for? Cool oh, something better. Cool Runnings, of course. How could I forget? Um, which is better than okay. But is it like it's been so long since people have seen it? Mm. Do they just remember? All the goods? No, it definitely is better than okay. So we put it to our public vote. And can we get our drum roll, please? Remember, whoever wins, wins, and whoever loses isn't a dumb, dumb loser. But. Oh my God, if we thought last week's was a landslide victory, this is, I don't know what the word is. Can you have more than, is there something on the next level to landslides? It is 80% for Cool Runnings to 20% for Master and Commander, the far side of the world. It seems like, Roy, everybody did agree with you in the other sense that, yeah, that one's just okay. I'm definitely going to vote Cool Runnings on this one. But what have you chosen for this week's one? Tell me you've seen the film for starters, please. I have. I have actually, yeah. Um... This week, I wrote about the 10-year anniversary of this movie arriving in cinemas, what I believe to be the lead actor's best performance to date. And that's even including some, you know, heavy oscar performances. It is Liam Neeson's The Grey, which is just this terrific survival thriller <clears throat> uh, with a great supporting cast. And some very angry wolves who... Um, want to eat Liam Neeson and his pals. Um, 10 years this week. So it's available to watch on uh, Apple TV and Rakuten TV, uh, not on any of the regular streamers, so you will have to go that way. Or, like, the wall behind me, you could have it on DVD, or maybe in book form. No, you don't. There's no book of it. But maybe on DVD. I would read the book of it if I knew how to read, but um, The Grey is a great shout. Job at the end of the world. I work security protecting men from the dangers they cannot see. There's not a second goes by when I'm not thinking of you in some way. Okay, so my one this week, it's going to be tough because people do love Liam Neeson in that film. Mm. Mines is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. It's just been released on Prime Video. You can also watch it on Disney Plus as well. Why not do a double bill? Watch The Rock and then watch The Rock again because my choice is The Rock starring Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery and Ed Harris. I absolutely love this film. I remember going to America after it had been released and buying it on VHS, bringing it home to Ireland and it wouldn't work on my stupid Irish video player machine. And I was genuinely heartbroken, but uh, now I can watch it on multiple streaming platforms. So life is happy again. But yeah, um, it's going to be The Rock versus Liam Neeson, who's also busy fighting wolves as well. And did you know, did you know that Arnold Schwarzenegger was lined up to play the part of Dr. Stanley Goodspeed, uh, Nicolas Cage's part, which just would not have worked in any way whatsoever. The Rock is my choice for this week's pizza and a movie. Good shot. His name is John Mason, British national incarcerated on Alcatraz in 1962, escaped in 63. There's no identity in the United States or Great Britain. He does not exist. Secrets have a way of coming back to haunt you. There's a hostage situation on Alcatraz. Hostage. 81 to 
The Rock's a tourist attraction. So any preferences there? No, I'm, I'm still reeling from like the idea of Sean Connery, who is supposed to be like the alpha male in that situation, uh, overpowering Arnie. Um, nope. <laughs> Not happening. Not happening. And that's pretty much a wrap for this week's episode. On next week's show, it's, Rory, it's the moment you've been waiting for. It's the release of Moonfall in Irish cinemas. Uh, but please do try and contain your excitement for the next few days. But now, first, it's time for our big star bye-bye. Who have we got again? We've got Tom Holland, who at the top of the show we mentioned is the star of now officially the sixth biggest worldwide grossing box office movie of all time with Spider-Man No Way Home. Um yeah, so are we to be the back when the film was released? But you know, we had a little break over Christmas where we and now 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 we get to now you get to see him again. In case you didn't see it the first time or in case you want to go see it again, which is probably why the movie is so consistently climbing the charts. Uh here he is talking about <clears throat> that's very special arrival. Not the one you're thinking of and not the other one that you're thinking of. And not the other one that you're thinking of, but the other one that you might be thinking of. He's talking about that scene uh, in this clip. Well, I think that was... I, I hit that pretty well, right? I think I know exactly what you're not talking about. I think the scene that you're talking about... Mm-hmm. Is it in the apartment? Yes. Yeah, that was written much later. Right. That was something that was an idea that they were still trying to figure out whether it was possible or not. Uh, And it wasn't until, you know, I think we'd started shooting that that had become a reality. Uh, But of course, like there were things that were already in place. So reading the script for the first time was mind blowing. Was it it was incredible. But what was so exciting about this film is that the script was like a living organism. It was constantly changing and adapting. And, you know, some people were in and some people were out. Were out so we had to change aspects of the story. Uh, so it was really fun to try and work with something that was ever-changing. But it was also difficult. Uh, but ultimately, the film is excellent. And, you know, the producers and our director, John Watts, did an amazing job keeping it in, like, keeping control. <laughs> You're listening to The Big Reviewski on Joe with Chicago Time. Pizza? Yeah, we got a time on it. <laughs>